here is what we know. It's science. It's research about teen brain development. Teenagers are wired for novelty seeking. They are wired to seek out peer engagement. They are wired to feel those high highs and the low lows. Hello. Hello, my friends. Welcome to Joyful Courage, a conscious parenting podcast where you know what we do. We tease apart challenges and nuances of parenting through the adolescent years. I am your host, Casey O'Rourke, positive discipline trainer and adolescent lead at Sproutable, a company that represents not only the growth of children, but also the journey and evolution that we all get to go through as parents. I am walking the path right next to you as I navigate the teen years with my own two kids here in the lovely Pacific Northwest. Joyful Courage is all about grit, growth on the parenting journey, relationships that provide a sense of connection and meaning, and influential tools that support everyone in being their best selves. Thank you for being here. As you know, as I love to say, and I'm going to keep saying it, we are over 1 million downloads and 300 plus episodes strong, and you all have taken us to the top 1% of podcasts worldwide. I appreciate you. I'm really excited, of course, to share today's solo show. It's the fourth of a six-part series, deep diving into alternatives to punishment, shifting our mindset around how to be in response to the behavior that can often show up during the teen years that we don't really love. As a disclaimer, I am not a therapist or a doctor, and if you're feeling like your child is in harm's way due to the behavior they are currently exhibiting, I encourage you to reach out to a medical or mental health professional. I am a parent coach. I'm a positive discipline lead trainer, and as I mentioned, I'm the mom of two teens, so I will be coming at you with that resume. I am also, as you know, extremely deeply wholeheartedly invested in supporting parents through the teen years. Thank you so much for being here. Enjoy the show. Hi. Hey there. We're back. We are back. Yes. Week four of this meandering journey, highlighting alternatives to punishment. Does it feel meandering to you? Feels a little meandering to me, even though I write it all out. I'm really trying to stay focused. Hopefully, you are really taking away some of the good nuggets that are being dropped into these shows because that's what I'm here to do, people. I'm here to support you. So, you, how are you feeling? Are you appreciating the work here? It is work, right? It is work. And I know some of you out there are listening and are really in the trenches. I have clients and friends that are working through some really intense situations right now with their teenagers, mental health, colliding with teen brain development. God, it is tough. And I see you. And I want to take a moment right now to drop into this. Those of you that are listening with teens that are really getting after it, really struggling, getting into mischief, pushing you away, I want to say this is not all your fault. Maybe there are some dynamics that you are a part of that are layered into your teen's current experience and mindset. Yeah, probably, maybe. However, the teen years are messy. 
And there is no parenting style that can make it otherwise. So if you are in some kind of shame spiral or holding all the responsibility for your teen's current state of affairs, I'm just here to say knock it off. It's not useful and it isn't helping anyone move through where you are right now. So I just want to say that. I just want to say that. What can you do? You can keep listening. You can keep listening because we're going to get into it. This week, I'm going to talk about reframing trust. I'm going to talk about mistakes as opportunities to learn, emotional honesty, the results of punishment. That's what we're here doing today. So wanting to remind you here at Joyful Courage, we are in the business of long-term parenting. We are asking questions that include, how do I help my teen become capable? How is who I am? What I do, how is that supporting them and becoming capable? How do I bring an honor? How do I begin to honor that my teen has different ideas about what is best for him or her, right? Tough one for me anyway. How do I have faith in myself and my teen, especially when it feels hard, right? These are the questions. These are the long-term parenting questions amongst others that we're really sitting with inside of this series. So last week, I led you through and broke down kind and firm parenting. What does that mean to be kind and firm at the same time? And I want to share what Jane Nelson and Lynn Lott wrote in Positive Discipline for Teens, really good book. Kind and firm parenting invites teens to learn, one, that freedom comes with responsibility, two, that mutual respect is practiced here in our family, three, that mistakes are opportunities to learn, four, family members have their own lives to live and teens get to realize I'm a part of the universe, not the center. And five, Kind and Firm Parenting invites teens to understand that, quote, my parents will hold me accountable through exploring the consequences of my choices in an atmosphere void of blame, shame, and pain, right? Powerful lens to look out of as we consider who we are and what we bring to our parenting of our teenagers. So we're going to start today's conversation talking about trust. So I've been getting groceries from Hungry Root for the last few months, and I am loving it. I use it to keep healthy snacks in the house, and I also order a few meal kits that are easy go-tos during the week. What I love is the variety that shows up in the box. Crunchy snacks, sweets, breakfast smoothies, whatever I've clicked as wanting comes to my door. My dietary wishes are different than my family's. The boys, Ben and Ian, they're always trying to build muscle and gain weight. I am not. Hungry Root gives so many options, it meets all of our needs. In our last box, we got cilantro lime chicken with jasmine rice, and it literally took me seven minutes to put together. Listen, after working all day and doing all the things for the fam, seven minutes to throw together dinner works for me. And the ingredients are good, like high quality good. Everything from Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It's got to taste good, be quick to make, and contain whole trusted ingredients. Save hours of planning, shopping, and cooking. Let Hungry Root deliver the food you love. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Joyful Courage podcast listeners 
40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to hungryroot.com slash joy and get 40% off your first delivery and those free veggies. That's hungryroot.com slash joy. Don't forget to use our link so that they know we sent you. This podcast is sponsored by Factor. Are you old enough to remember TV dinners? They came in those tin trays and each part of the meal had its own little compartment. I remember eating those and watching Happy Days, followed by Three's Company, maybe a little Laverne and Shirley. I am that old. Well, the situation has been totally upgraded by Factor. Factor makes delicious, ready-to-eat meals. And unlike those quick meals of the past, every Meal from Factor is fresh, never frozen, chef crafted, dietitian approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including meals that are calorie smart, protein plus, and keto if that's your thing. Also, there's more than 60 add ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. In my last order, we got red chicken chili tamale bowls and Italian sausage pizza casserole, as well as other delicious meals that my family loved. Plus, there's breakfast and smoothies and all sorts of other add-ons to make life simpler while also keeping it healthy. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. They've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Right now, head to factormeals.com slash joyful50 and use code joyful50 to get 50% off. That's code joyful50 at factormeals.com slash joyful50 to get 50% off. Trust. This is such a weighted word. The teen years are so slippery for a variety of reasons, one of which is that weight that parents put on trust. Yes, yes. Of course, we want to trust our kids. And it is very painful when they break our trust. But I think it's worth the time to dig into what we really mean when we tell our kids, I trust you. I trust you. Right? I trust you to do the right thing. I trust you to make good choices. I trust you to do what you say you would do. I trust you not to make me look bad. <laughs> that might not be one that we say out loud, but come on, let's be honest. We're all kind of hoping that our kids don't make us look bad. Or maybe it's just me. But what are we setting ourselves up for with this idea around trust, right? around trusting that they're always going to make good choices and good decisions and do the right thing. Okay, well, here is what we know. It's science. It's research about teen brain development. Teenagers are wired for novelty seeking. They are wired to seek out peer engagement. They are wired to feel those high highs and the low lows amongst other things. They are wired for these things. So what does that mean? It means that there is a reason that this is the time of life when humans take risks, think we're invincible, and make loads of mistakes. It's because this is the time of life that we're wired for this. This is how we got out of the cave, right? It's because the teenagers were like, why are we still in the cave? Let's go out. I'm not scared, right? So when we say, I trust you to do the right thing, we're basically saying to our kids, I believe that you can bypass your brain development, stay regulated, and resist the group think enough 
to consider all the possible outcomes of the decisions you're making, even though getting in trouble, getting caught, getting hurt is only one of many possible outcomes. (laughs) That's a big ask, right? That's a big ask. And it doesn't mean that when our kids say, I promise I won't, you know, fill in the blank with a risky behavior that they don't mean it when they say it. Many of our kids do mean it when they say it. But what happens is they find themselves in the experience of said risky behavior, in the dynamics of whomever they're with, with heightened emotion around it. All of that is speaking way louder to them than oh shoot, you know what? I told my parents I wasn't gonna do this, so I'm out, right? They don't necessarily have the skills to navigate out of the experience that they're in. Or maybe that novelty-seeking dopamine hit is so powerful that they move towards, you know what, fuck it, it'll be fine, right? I mean, how many of us have been in that situation, right? Like, oh, should I, shouldn't I? Eh, whatever, let's just do it, it'll be fine. I mean, I've <laughs> I've been there recently, So how about we hope our kids do the right thing? We want them to make good choices and follow through with what they say they will do. And where we put trust is in trusting that they will learn through their mistakes. How about that? How about that's where we lean into trust, that they will learn through their mistakes? Because spoiler to all of you with younger kids, hoping that somehow you're going to get some magical formula to miss out on all the madness of the teen years, mistakes will happen. Mistakes will happen. There's no magic wand that gets rid of brain development, that gets rid of this adolescent experience. Mistakes will happen and mistakes are opportunities to learn. Let's shift into that mindset. That's a pillar of positive discipline, a powerful one. Mistakes are opportunities to learn. Mistakes are super useful experiences for learning. But we rob our kids of the true learning when we throw down punitive punishments because of the poor decision-making that they're doing, okay? So let's explore that a little bit, okay? We're gonna explore that a little bit. I want you to think back to being a teen. Think back to being a teen and getting punished, getting into trouble, right? Meaning like an adult has caught you and now they're laying down the law. Whatever experience pops up works. Maybe you were punished by a parent or at school or out in the world. Whatever experience shows up is fine. Now, as you remember this experience, I want you, and this is again, like last week, if you have a piece of paper around, this would be a great time to grab it. I want you to think about the experience and notice as you remember and you sit in the memory, what feelings came up during this experience in your past? What feelings came up in the memory of this experience? Write them down. What thoughts did you have about the adults delivering the punishment? What thoughts did you have about yourself? And what decisions did you make as a result of this punishment experience? What decisions did you make? What did you decide to do as a result of this punishment experience? So this is an activity that we do in live parenting classes, and it's always super useful and interesting how similar the responses are regardless of who is in the class. And here's what comes up time and time again. So feelings, the feelings column 
I say, what were the feelings? People say, I felt scared. I was afraid. I felt angry. I felt misunderstood. It felt unjust. I felt shame. I felt worthless. I felt small, right? So those are typical feelings that show up when I ask parents about their experience of being punished. Thoughts that often show up. Thoughts include, I can't trust adults. They don't get me. I'm bad. I'm worthless. I hate them. I've got to get out of here. They don't get it, right? I'm not going to tell them anything anymore. I'm so alone. So those are some of the thoughts that come up when I do this activity with parents. And some of the decisions that come up, and maybe you're hearing yourself in some of these, some of the decisions that come up when we go back to a memory of being punished include, well, I'm going to get back at them. I need to get better at being sneaky and getting away with things. I'll show them. I'm not going to be in relationship with them anymore. I can do what I want. Every once in a while, I hear from someone who'll say that they decided not to engage in the behavior again, you know, out of fear, typically. In positive discipline, we talk about the results of punishment, the R's of punishment. Typically, punishment results in rebellion, revenge, resentment, or retreat. More likely than not, this is what punishment invites into our relationships with our teens. And is this what we want? Is this what we're after? No, no. I mean, no. And that's not to say that the adults who punished us when we were teenagers were hoping that the results would be, you know, they were hoping like we don't want them to do it again. So we got to punish them so they won't do it again. And sometimes it's sometimes that works. But more often than not, it invites, you know, rebellion, revenge, resentment, and retreat. When we trust that our kids are going to do the right thing and make good choices, we are crushed when lo and behold, they don't live up to that. This is where we parents get really emotional and hurt by their behavior, disappointed and desperate. And that's when we move towards punishment. When we trust that our teens can learn from the mistakes that they're going to make, we are having a much different conversation, right? We're having a much different conversation. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. 
Hey, are you a parent of a teenager? Are you feeling overwhelmed about how to be what they need while also holding limits and boundaries that keep them safe? Are you tired of conversations that negate how messy this season of parenting is? Well, I've got you. My name is Casey O'Rourke. I am a positive discipline trainer, parent coach, and the host of the Joyful Courage podcast. Every week I come to you with an interview, digging into tough topics with experts I trust and solo shows that go deep into the personal growth and mindset needed to raise teens in a way that grows them into confident, capable young people. I am not afraid of getting real about the intersection of conscious parenting and the teen years, while also bringing in vulnerability, humor, and lightness. I'm walking the path with you and honored to serve. Listen to Joyful Courage on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you consume podcasts. So let's go back to the teen that finds themselves at that choice point of risky behavior that I mentioned. So imagine they're with other teens who are excited about the prospect of this risky behavior. And maybe the conversation is that should we, shouldn't we question. So let's pause here, right? Your teen is amongst friends who are in a heightened state of excitement, right? Considering getting into mischief. What are, and think about this, what are, consider the skills needed in that moment for a teen to voice their concern to the group during a time in life where belonging matters so much. Do your kids have the language and the courage to do that? Do they have the practice? And, you know, if this is a place where your kids are lagging skills, it's not a character flaw. It's simply a lack of experience and practice. So when your you know, kid's gotten into mischief and has made a mistake and you're kind of processing it out with them, this is a great place to get curious. What's it like when you're with your friends and you feel like what everyone else is wanting to do doesn't feel safe to you? Do you speak up? What do you say? Do you want some ideas? Do you want an out? Do you have an out? Talk to me about that, right? Notice my energy, what I'm working on showing up with here is true curiosity. I'm not trying to lead the witness. There's no judgment in my voice. I truly want to know what is this experience like for my kiddo? Where are their skills and where are they lagging in skills and how can we work together to help them have more skills the next time they're with their friends and somebody's like, hey, let's try this thing, right? Plus in the scenario, there's that dynamic of heightened emotion, that excitement, that let's try it. It'll be fine. That wiring is firing. And unfortunately or fortunately, because we did leave the cave, right? The risk assessment part of the brain is slower to develop. So, hey, what could go wrong doesn't get much airtime. This is another spot for curiosity. You know, babe, I bet it felt super exciting to think about doing that. Like, what did you notice? How did your body feel inside of that excitement? How did you imagine things playing out? Did you think about what could go wrong? What did you consider? What might you do next time you feel that way to be sure to think about the consequences? Again, an important and useful conversation to have on the regular from a place of curiosity, from a place of non-judgment right? They're just newer humans trying to figure this whole thing out. We don't have to judge them for their lack of skills and experience. We can just 
sit side by side with them and look at the situation in a way, as I've been saying over the last few weeks, that develops their critical thinking skills. Mistakes, mischief, misbehavior, whatever you wanna call it, these are important opportunities to learn powerful life skills and opportunities that allow us to show our teens that we're on their side, that we care about their health and well-being, and that we love them no matter what. These conversations plant seeds that we can nurture each time an experience arrives for us to be curious about. Maybe it is mischief that other kids are getting into and we're finding out about it. Drop into curiosity. Maybe it's something we see in a movie or on a show that we're watching. Drop into curiosity. Huh. I wonder about this. What do you think? What would you do? What might happen? Are you okay with that? This is where we support critical thinking skills. We also get to be, full permission, emotionally honest with our teens. If their behavior scares us, it's important to let them know. Could sound like, you know, when I woke up and I saw that you weren't here, that you had snuck out, I got super scared. I didn't know where you were or who you were with. I couldn't get in touch with you. I was really worried. Talk to me about why you felt like you needed to sneak out. (laughs) Now, even as I say this out loud, I'm thinking to myself, okay, what is required to show up neutral, non-judgmental? Like I have to be in a really regulated state. So perhaps this isn't what I start with the minute I see them walk in the door. I need to make sure that I'm regulated so that I can come from a place of curiosity. Or another example, hey, I found some weed in your room when I was putting away your laundry and I'm really concerned about that. I know a lot and I've learned a lot about the effects of marijuana on the growing brain and I'm wondering what you know about it. Can we do some research together? Can we talk about it? right? Again, we want to keep the window of receptivity open, right? We don't want our kids to get defensive because then they'll push, they'll turn away. They'll push us away. They won't engage. So we've really got to embody that place of neutrality, right? And finally, you know, I'm really concerned about how much time you're spending on your phone. It seems like the limits really aren't making a difference. I feel like you're letting go of a lot of things that used to really matter to you. Let's talk about it right? Coming again from a place of curiosity. Show up with emotional honesty and then listen to your teens because what they have to say is valid and matters. Again, find that neutral, non-judgmental, confident authority. Shout out to my client. You know who you are, who inspired the term confident authority. I love it. And have an authentic, transparent conversation with your teen. Start there and be open to what unfolds. And yeah, you know, there are behaviors, of course, that are beyond what I'm talking about here. Problematic substance use, self-harm, reckless, defiant behavior that is out of control. If this is the dynamic that you're in with your teen, it is important and appropriate to find outside resources for your child. Therapists, mediators, doctors, mental health specialists, they all exist to support you with interrupting the behavior you're seeing. Please, I beg you, do what it takes to help your kid. Do not keep your head in the sand. Really risky and reckless behavior or deep, deep withdrawal and discouragement are all signs that your child needs more support and is hurting. And the teen years are a wild ride. (laughs) 
Oh my God, they are shifting from expecting the right punishments and consequences to do the heavy lifting of teaching skills is short-sighted. That's really what I'm getting at with all of these shows. Instead, try what I've talked about in the previous weeks and this week. This week we covered, again, reframing trust, curiosity, always a good tool, seeing mistakes as opportunities to learn, sharing emotional honesty. Let me know how it goes. And just another reminder that I really want you to join me live. Join me live in just a couple of weeks, April 26th from 5 to 7 p.m. Pacific. I'm doing a two-hour interactive online workshop. It's free free, 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 where we're going to really get into creating rules and boundaries with our teens. We're going to really work on the embodiment of firmness, right? Kind and firm. Sometimes the firmness can feel a little elusive. So I'm going to be leading some experiential activities, holding space for Q&A. If you're into it, you can sign up now, make sure there's space for you. And if the timing isn't good, like I've said before, enrolling in the workshop will get you the replay. So go to besproudable.com slash boundaries dash tweens dash teens. Besproudable.com slash boundaries dash tweens dash teens. The link is also in the show notes. I will be back next week. Next week, I'm going to focus on acceptance, family meetings, saying no, and healthy novelty seeking. All the love, my friends. Thanks for being here. Thank you for listening. I adore this community. I love you people. I'm so happy to bring content that matters to you. Are you on my mailing list? If not, go to besproudable.com slash teens. Get signed up now so you stay up to date on all the things. That page you'll also see at the top. If you want to sign up for seven tips over seven days to support you in nurturing stronger connections with your tweens and teens, you can do that there. If you feel inspired and you want to do me a favor, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review. Please, 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 please. We're working super hard to stand out and make a massive impact on families around the globe. And that darn algorithm, right? It takes your review and it makes it more likely that parents will see the Joyful Courage podcast when they're on there looking for information, looking for support. And don't forget about the Boundaries Workshop happening in two weeks, April 26th, 5 to 7 p.m. PST. You can find the link in the show notes. Thank you, Rowan, for making those show notes for all the listeners. Thank you, Chris Mann and your team for making the podcast sound so good. And thank you listeners for showing up each week and letting me know that you are appreciating this show. I will see you soon. Have a great week. Real truth alert, pregnancy, birth, and having a baby isn't all sunshine and rainbows. I wish it were. But the reality is that many people struggle and suffer through this time without the right help or even knowing what they're dealing with. I'm perinatal psychologist, Dr. Katayun Kayani, also known as Dr. Kat. My podcast, Mom in Mind, aims to shine a light on the difficult reality that so many hopeful and new parents experience and raise the volume on how we can better support mental health, which is a big part of our overall health. Episodes include personal stories from people who have healed through things like pregnancy and postpartum anxiety, depression, PTSD, and so much more. I also talk with specialists and experts who explain and educate on these conditions. 
all of this to support parents to know that they are not alone, that healing is possible, and there are resources that can help you today. Listen into Mom and Mind and walk with me through the world of perinatal mental health.